Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. We're here with another episode focused on the journey conversation. And I'm really excited to get a fresh perspective today. Totally different um, person, totally different experiences, totally different opportunity to hear about how we can make journeys work effectively for our girls. So without further ado, let me have my guest introduce herself today. Tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, and a little bit about your troop. Thank you. Uh, My name is Christine Olson. I'm from Bellingham, Washington, which is uh, a very north part of Girl Scouts of Western Washington, north of Seattle. And I have a troop of mostly daisies. There's about 18 or 20 uh, Girl Scouts. There's two brownies, one junior, and the rest are all daisies. And uh, we're a family-friendly group, so we have a couple of sprouts, which are a made up program and we just pay the extra insurance that's available but they have a cute little pink little sister vest we've had made for them that are just really fun so yeah so that's that's about our troop and then so um i've been a troop leader this will be going into my third year with this troop but i've been doing girl scouts since first grade and i'm 41 so you can do the math for that and I've been doing, so I, I have, I had a cadet troop in South Carolina, and I had a brownie troop in another part of Western Washington, and then I had a son, and he did uh, Cub Scouts, and I was his den leader, and I married a Canadian, so I'm familiar with Scouts Canada, and so we're, we're a scouting family, so even though this is my third year as this troop leader, um, I've been doing this for quite some time. Great. So you have seen a lot of iterations of the program. And I find that in my experience, a lot of the people who push back against journeys the most are volunteers who have been involved with the program for a long time and they miss an old iteration. So can you touch on for me a little bit in this current version of the program, what is your favorite part of the program the way it's structured now? Oh, well, this is probably the most unpopular answer, but the journeys, the journeys are my favorite of how this, of how it, uh, of how it's currently structured. The take action projects, that is where my heart is. Take action projects are my favorite part of the journeys too. Why do you think people hate journeys? Why do you think that's an unpopular opinion? Uh, Well, the, the thing that I hear most in my community, and my community is pretty big because I I'm an extrovert who talks a lot and connects with a lot of people. In my community, the biggest complaint that I hear is journeys are hard. Journeys don't make sense. Journeys take too long. And what I, what I gather from that kind of information from them is that there's actually, there's a lack of structure. Like it's really easy for me to know, check, 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 if I want to do the badges for daisies. Uh, but it's not that for the journeys. The journeys, I have to spend time with the book and interpret what, and, and this is for daisies, uh, with older Girl Scouts, I wouldn't be doing this much adult leading, but I have daisies, so that's what I'm speaking to. But I have to spend time with the adult book and bring in my own community and figure out what are the themes of what's happening here. And when I find the themes, then I'm able to then see how are we, how is our community best reflected in that? 
So like an example of that is that, so I'm really, really great with children and I'm about to announce something that sometimes I'm embarrassed about, but I'm, I'm not really good with animals. Animals are not my area. And, uh, and I know people love them and they should. Uh, and I was feeling stuck in my, what are we going to do next with our troop? And I went to an event and the Humane Society was there and suggested some different activities that Girl Scouts could do with them. And one of them was putting together a, uh, like a dog biscuit, a homemade dog biscuit. And I'm like, okay, we could, we could do that. Where we are has a kitchen, that's totally doable. And I went to the families and our troop and I'm like, this is what we're doing. I'm not really that great with animals. What do you got? And immediately I got back from our community. Like one person is like, I know a dog trainer. One person says my daughter's school has ducks and guinea pigs and uh, rabbits, new brand new baby bunnies. And another one had another suggestion was that we bring in the goats. And I was really overwhelmed by that idea. And I was, I appreciated that she was willing to work it out, but didn't work it out because then I didn't have to have goats at my meeting because like I said, I'm not that great with animals. And what happened though was immediately the community took ownership. And while I'm dealing with a lot of adults, the adults are a reflection of what these Girl Scouts value. It's their family. It was this Girl Scouts, it was the mom's idea to bring the Girl Scouts school's bunny rabbits, but it was the Girl Scout that got to celebrate her bunnies were being, being brought. So it wasn't like a Christine led program that was imposed on something. It was an organic thing from the community that rose up and their interests were there and they got to buy in because of what was important to them. So um, I think why people hate them is that it's not black and white. I know some people say sometimes they feel like school and, and I, in the Daisy level at least, in the Brownie level, to me, they don't occur like school. To me, they occur like absolute freedom and absolute flexibility to bring our flavor and our community into uh, what's expressed. And so I think the why people hate them is that I think that there is a, like it, it takes time. It takes time to go learn all of the themes. It takes time to reach out to resources. It takes a certain amount of confidence as a as an adult to go and reach out to a person and ask them would you please come be my guest would you please come be my guest for free usually um and you know this adult coming and teaching the girl scouts about whatever is there it takes a certain amount of coordination and and creativity and trusting your community that your community will actually do the work in handling it because it can feel like a lot of work. And if you're a human being who's not very good at delegating, then that can make it even harder because then it feels like all of this work is then on you. Yeah, so how do you know when you as a leader are ready to attempt a journey? And how do you know when your girls are ready? Well, in our council, we offer uh, the journey, uh, jump into journeys training, which has been fantastic. I One of my other roles is a council facilitator and I'm not, uh, I haven't taught that class to a classroom, but that was the work that we did to practice teaching. 
when we were getting signed off to be a facilitator. So um, I highly recommend people taking those sorts of things because it gets the, it builds the context. The instructions are there and the suggestions are there, but the context, unless you're a reader, doesn't really get built. And there's lots of ways that adults learn and lots of ways that adults get their information. And some need to hear it, some need to see it, some need to read it, some need to see that other people aren't doing it in this exact perfect right way, that it's all, it can be messy and it can be perfect. And it can be your flavor versus another troop's flavor. And all of that is welcome. And I think in that training session was something that was really profound to me. And so I think that as soon as a leader, a leader says, I'm interested in this, they should give it a try. And that there's the three original leadership journeys, which are fantastic, but there are some that are, that are more badge oriented now. And I think that's a really good first step, trying this and trying that and you know, getting your toe wet step by step by step. Um, but if your Girl Scouts are interested in earning their summit awards for their levels, I think that you got to get going right away. But ultimately, it's the uh, what I've said already about the context of freedom and the context of being able to create what your flavor is. I think that's what's most important. And it's being in the course where you watch other people figure out what they're going to do with their Girl Scouts. I think is that networking and those relationships, I think that's part of the, what, what gives people confidence. Okay, and how do you know when your girls are ready for a journey? I think they show up. That's the, that's the, that's the point of a journey. It, what my, if, if I were to go a little deeper into that question, what my daisies are doing, so they, they did sticker voting on which of the three leadership journeys they wanted to do. And I'm confident that what they picked they picked Between Earth and Sky because they thought that was the prettiest that group did. And they had three stick, three or four stickers each. So some of them picked each one and then had an, ex, an extra sticker to go with that one. So Between Earth and Sky is what we did first. And they didn't know what they were getting into, right? They just picked the pretty patch that they liked, the pretty award. And that's totally appropriate for a five and six-year-old. And so I have I have an early junior and the early junior is picking it out, picking the journey based on what is her interest and what are her strengths. So ones that have like exploring relationships, that's important to her. On that note, what are some tips and best practices for picking journeys? Well, I think it changes over time. And with daisies, and I know we hear a lot, things need to be girl-led, and they do. And don't be afraid as an adult to have girl-led at a daisy level mean girl-flavored. So like the what the girls, our Girl Scouts wanted to do with their money, their cookie money, was they wanted to help dogs, cats, and ponies. And when I said horses, they corrected me to make sure that they were clear that I, that they had said ponies. So dogs, cats, and ponies. And so then we look at the humane, the humane society gave their idea to me and then I brought it to the troop and then we worked on the five flowers four stories three cheers for animals journey and we did all of that it was adult led but it was daisy flavored it's their relationship to animals so it would never be in my strength to bring animals to a girl scout meeting 
that's so much work. And where are they going to go to the bathroom, right? Like, like, oh my gosh, that's really intense. But it was flavored by the commitment from the girls themselves. And they were so happy. The dog trainer was so delightful. And this dog did this, like, the dog trainer threw up a ball. The dog would jump to catch the ball. And then the dog trainer would catch the dog and the ball mid-jump. And the laughter that erupted from the five and six-year-olds and even the brownies and juniors who were there, just it just like effervesced, effervesced through their bodies and up and out. So it was so moving. And we and our there those are among their favorite meetings, these journey meetings. And we wouldn't have had them. And uh, and there's also the Girl Scouts get to be so proud of what they contributed to the group. So I think that we want to, in staying girl-led, it's okay for daisies for it to be girl-flavored. That's what girl-led looks like. Thanks. So how long should troops spend on completing a journey, especially when compared to regular badge work? So for us, a badge can be done in a one Girl Scout meeting. And I think that our journey, we did a journey in a day. We did two journeys in a day one that I managed and one that we paid an outside group to do. And uh, the third one was uh, the five flowers, four stories, three cheers for animals. And that one took probably six meetings, including the take action project, which we got a media mention for. Can I tell you about that? I always love to hear about media mentions. Yeah, thank you. So our one of the families for our Girl Scouts saw those pictures, oh, saw those videos on Facebook about how oxygen masks are needed for animals in different firefighters, the medical team. And when they don't have snout-shaped oxygen masks, they have to try to make do with the oxygen masks that are adult, that are human-faced. And so there's lots of Girl Scouts that have done these out of their bronze silver and gold award, I think, and got some media mentions. Well, those Girl Scouts inspired these da small daisies in a, you know, small town outside of Bellingham, Washington. And they were like, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to help animals. I want to help animals this way too. And then we had, we showed all the other daisies, the videos. And the question is, is who else would like to help these girls, these animals this way? And of course the answer is, yay, we would, right? Like they all watch the videos at home. I had them watch it at home because it's an emotional thing to see an animal in pain and recovering. And so I wanted their families to do the, like that, be there to support what each Girl Scout needed. Uh, but they were all very excited about doing it. So then we purchased five sets for our town uh, so that each set of fire stations has this, has a set in their ambulance. It's five, five sets equals small, medium, and large snouts. It was a probably a $400 investment and um, it was what they chose to spend their cookie money on, making a real difference this way. And so, uh, I am one that thinks Girl Scouts needs to have a breakthrough in tooting their own horn and celebrating. Well, I don't even want to say tooting our own horn because it's like we're uplifting something that we have to work hard at, but really it's celebrating our greatness, 
Girl Scouts are great. And let's do, let's talk about that more and have a world that recognizes us for the contribution that we are in the world. And so I, um, one of our members of our troop worked with some of the local newspapers and I wrote up, I wrote up the first draft of a press release and had our Girl Scout Council look over it and make sure I was saying things clearly. And I, I saw a meme somewhere on one of the Facebook groups that was an old picture that, that said, Girl, cookie money is camping money. I'm like, that is such a great way of taking the idea for the community and really getting them and I get giving the message of what Girl Scout is out into the community. So I labeled ours, cookie money is helping animals money and talked about take action projects and why take action projects are important. They're more than just cleaning up a park, which is important, but they're solving the problem of why the park is messy in the first place. So this is solving the problem of you know, animals that are part of our families being saved. So that if the worst happened to a family, in this case, a fire, they, their animals and their pets could also be supported through that process. And I was so happy because you know how sometimes when you're on the news, when someone's on the news, they take out the worst clip of them. And I was so happy we got two newspaper articles and I sounded intelligent, like I knew what I was talking about. And that, that made me happy. And then a radio station picked up one of those and talked about it. So I got a call from my friend saying, oh, I just heard about your troop on the radio. And that was exciting. And that was back in January of 2020. And then I also heard, and then I was excited one day, I was looking at my phone and my phone shows me what is of interest to me for news. And above that was like, things about Princess Kate and all of that. That's my indulgence, learning about the royal family. And below the article about Princess Kate was the article from our newspaper with our troop there. So I screenshot it and send it to the families. And I'm like, yay, look at this. But then we went and got copies of the newspaper for all of the Girl Scouts to share with, the, to, to have for themselves, but then to also share it with their families and their friends and you know, they're six years old and getting, they're getting to know that their voice matters, that their voice, it was, their voice was inspired by what they could do at Girl Scouts. And they made a change in our community, a lasting change in our community. And people know about it and people celebrate them. And, uh, and then we got, and then those newspapers then put it on Facebook. So then there was even more attention and celebration. You mentioned that you got assistance from your council as far as the actual writing of the press release went. Now, is writing press releases something that you'd ever done before? You had any experience with, or how did you um, start that? I wrote the first draft. I have some previous training in communicating things in a way that leaves people touched, moved, and inspired. And so I'm pretty facile at that myself. I think that that part, those writing the press releases, is probably the hardest part for a troop because it's uh, writing and communicating things in a way that leaves people moved, touched, and inspired is not, it's not what we learn in school. It's not what, it's not part of how we normally communicate in the world. And so that was something from my past that I already felt comfortable doing. And it was funny. It was just like, like, what do I say? 
and I was blank. And I just sat there on a Google Doc with the other leader who was going to be the one that sends it out to all the newspapers, the news outlets. And she's just watching me and she's laughing because it's all like flowing naturally. And that is something that is a particular strength of mine. And in our community, I've offered to help other people get, you know, get through that because I think that we just don't know how to talk about it. And I would love for you to do another podcast in the future to say like, how do we write press releases? How do we move beyond feeling like we were bragging and bragging pushes people down and to celebrating our light and brings everybody up with us? You mentioned that you've participated in journey in a day programs and you've also participated in journeys in what might be considered a more traditional way. What are the pros and cons of doing a journey in a day? What I love about a journey in a day is that it's a concentrated amount of time. And because six, six meetings takes a long time. It's that's that if you, if you meet twice a month, that's three months. And that's like December, January, February. That's a long amount of time. What I love about journeys in a day is that it's all very, like you can get it done and you can still get all of that. The leadership journeys seem to have a theme about different emotional development things as well, and emotional maturity opportunities to learn. And so we make sure that we make sure that we're adding that theme in with it. The drawback is the take action project. So there are several journeys in a day that I've seen advertised around the internet that do all of the journey except the take action project. And the take action project is meant to be done by the Girl Scout in a more local place. And I totally get behind that strategy. Uh, in the take action projects that I've done, especially at a daisy phase, I may completely change my mind when it's something for uh, juniors and older, but for the daisies where it's Girl Scout, it's daisy flavored, um, I'm comfortable having the journey be something that's our idea as a troop that we're inviting other people to do, or it's something that I've guided and led to, um, led to a conclusion that was their, then their idea that they held on to. So um, one of the daisies, one of the journeys in a day that we did the Between Earth and Sky, we hosted at, at one of our camps that is a primitive camp and is not yet developed. It's, it's rather new. And I wanted to make it so that it was an easy transition. It can, if you're a brand new leader, and let's say you're a brand new leader of daisies or a brand new leader of juniors or cadets, and you'd like, you're here about this primitive camp, and you're like, oh my gosh, a primitive camp? I don't even know what to do with that. So we talked to the Girl Scouts about how it would be really fun to go to this camp. And I'm confident going camping, but we made the, we made the event a half day event. So it's very safe. People come after breakfast, they, can, they brought their lunch and they left afterwards. And if they wanted to hold going, going potty is a very big deal when you're a five-year-old. So if they wanted to hold it this whole time, they really could. And it, it wasn't something that became a problem. Um, but I wanted them to, I wanted for them to have a relationship with the outdoors that was fun and play-based and we had an opportunity to begin. I want to just highlight the word begin about it, begin creating the, uh, 
like this outdoor play area for children. And so then they had lots of, um, they had so much fun with that activity. But those activities, in order to do it, we had to, as adults, prepare the supplies so that they could then do the activity. So um, because it was daisies, I'm totally comfortable with, with that. If it were a brownie junior and brownie or junior journey in the day, I would be having a different conversation where I'd be taking their brainstorms more than, um, and then seeing how I can implement that and then inviting other people to participate and suggest their brainstorms as well. And if it were uh, cadets, seniors and ambassadors, then you know they're depending on their developmental stage with this, they may be able to take it on as their own and invite people to participate in that. Okay, let's touch on take action projects. Mm. How big does a take action project need to be? I think there's no right answer to this. If you're a, a brand new leader who, or even a not a brand new leader, if you're a leader who is doing lots of like, like I'm, I'm someone who's privileged to stay at home with my kids. And there are other families that decide to spend their time or not decide to, but are then are in a position where they work. And so if you're a, a Girl Scout leader who's working, I don't think you should have an idea of what is the ideal Girl Scout journey. If it's something like we, one of the take action projects is part, the take action project was for this year's global action award and this year's uh, thinking day award. I'm new to this, so I don't know if that's different um, than the past, but um, you know, it could be as one of the Girl Scouts drew a poster and we can take that poster and celebrate that poster and share that poster around because she got for herself the uh, something in experience of equity because that was the this year's thinking day was diversity equity and inclusion so she got an experience for herself and then she could then communicate that with the world and to me that makes that finished and she knows that she can use media to influence others and that's fantastic what we're going to do with our troop is we're going to expand that and then begin creating a library of books that uh, celebrate that celebrate diversity. Um, right now, there's the the Black Lives Matter movement is very important, and we we're still in Pride Month, and that's very important. And so, what ways can we bring uh, diversity into the books and the experience of Girl Scouts and our in our neighborhood and working with some of we have one school that's excited to receive that and we're, we're still in the middle of going through but none of no girl scout wants to leave out her school so we're working there's lots of details and i don't want to get up all caught in the details of things that are unfinished but that's that's a much bigger bigger project than making a poster but i think the poster is sufficient especially for daisies because it's about learning how your your values and being courageous enough to express them and have them be what can support and influence others. That for me is the biggest thing I got out of being a Girl Scout myself. And that's what I want my Girl Scouts to have that experience too. What is the difference between a take action project when we're talking about journeys and a service project? A service project is fantastic and we should do them. And they 
solve, they, they, they fulfill a need, an immediate need, and a take action project solves the problem of the need in the first place. So I often use the example of cleaning up the park. We, need, we do need to clean up the litter, but let's figure out what way we can solve the problem of the litter being there in the first part. Sometimes we need to have a trash can installed. Sometimes we need to have a trash can and a recycling installed. One of the beaches I went to in some time in my lifetime, there was this big fish made out of mesh and people would come and put other people's trash in this mesh, mesh fish so it contained it all at once, but it was this art installation of trash. So you could get an idea of how much trash is getting picked up. And this, and you could, because other people left it behind. And it's, uh, that art installation was very moving to me and the people who are around because it had, it has people pay attention differently to what they're doing. And so, um, it's funny, whenever I go to a park and I'm picking up my picking up other people's trash, I think to myself, we really need a big fish here. We need a big fish, a mesh fish here to show people that somebody left this behind. How do you come up with ideas for take action projects? Do you as the leader present an idea or maybe several ideas and the girls pick? And how old should girls be when they are coming up with them completely on their own? The ideas have come from our community so these ideas are mostly adults, adult ideas suggested. Sometimes we only suggest one, like the face mask one. Um, that was one idea. And I didn't, I didn't want to bring competition into it. Like one girl, or this set of, this one family with a set of twins had the idea and I didn't want to be like, okay, let's vote this idea or that idea. That doesn't feel good to me. Uh, their family took ownership of a way that we could make a difference and I wanted to be a yes to that and have everyone get behind that plan. So those were all, those were, um, they, those were that family led. The books, I, the book creating a library was an idea that I stole from one of the uh, Girl Scout leader who we used to be in Girl Scouts together in the same troop. So I'm quite comfortable stealing their ideas. Um, and, and I wish we wouldn't say stealing ideas in our culture because ideas are open source. Their idea is brilliant and then I used it also. I have, our junior is nine and a nine-year-old I feel like still needs some leading. Um, different nine-year-olds have different needs so there's, I don't think there's one absolute, but in my experience of, of her, the leading is important and in that I'd probably be showing several like oh here are some of this ideas here are some of those ideas this is what some other people have done this is and the conversation about does that community want it is also really important like I don't want to decide we didn't decide for the fire department that they would take these face masks we did the research first to find out that it was a gift they were happy to receive so with the juniors and above, I think I'd be having them do more of that, more of them writing, like we like animals are important to us. How could we make a difference for you? So, so it's both ways where we, their ideas also asking the people who are receiving it 
those ideas as well. What do you think that girls get out of participating in journeys? And why does Girl Scouts as an organization insist that they are so important? My Girl Scouts, and I'm, I'm moved by this, um, my Girl Scouts know that their voice matters, that they can make the world a better place. And not just that they can, but they do make the world a better place. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I completely agree. Do you have any resource recommendations that leaders should check out to help them navigate this journey program? Facebook, but I'm totally serious. Join Facebook groups. And if you're not a Facebook group joiner, have someone else in your community join Facebook groups. Because I can post something like, hey, what did y'all do for your, this and this, you know, between earth and sky journey in a day or journeys and immediately people show it, have ideas. And sometimes there's one or two ideas and sometimes there's 20 ideas depending on what the journey is. I put, I, like I said earlier that I think ideas are open source. So on our troop website, the public parts of it, I actually have a Google drive of our between earth and sky journey in a day. And so people could go to the between earth and sky and journey in a day and do what we did. They could completely replicate it. And it's, you don't even have to ask me for it. You can just go right to the, scroll down to the bottom to the Google Drive and just copy what you want. Did you have anything else that you specifically wanted a chance to touch on or any stories that you wanted to share about journeys before we wrap up? From my value system, the way I look at the world is that we're waking up and we are having, our children are extraordinary. And Girl Scouts is the best place for practicing, solving real adult caused problems. So when I had a very shy Daisy who did not, who, who was, we were selling Girl Scout cookies and I would stand behind her and I would get the attention of the customer and I would say, would you like to buy some? And the Girl Scout would say, Girl Scout cookies. And the customer would then buy, or the customer would say, no, thank you. Or the customer would ignore us because there's all the ways the customers respond. And that Daisy found her big voice. We need our women, we need our humans, we need our children, we need everyone empowered with their big voices so that we can call for the goodness and the light of the world and we've got some work to do right things are really heavy in the world right now and journeys are so important because they're about that part of the other part of the journey that i didn't talk about the uh, five flowers four stories three cheers for animals is that we also did like play acting like how can like how can you see if someone is sad so we were working a lot on empathy and you know, empathy is not something like babies, babies are born egocentric, like what their needs are important. And so we're having these journeys about empathy and we're having these journeys about being able to talk about your feelings in a way that is healthy. And we're having these journeys about taking care of your world and making it possible for them. And, and I'm very confident that my Girl Scouts know that their that their voice matters and that they have everything inside of them and not just inside of them as a singular 
but inside of them as a community that they can inspire the community to make lasting change. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that and all of this today. I really appreciate you spending time with me to talk about journeys. I know that this is gonna really help some people out there. It's, um, it's inspiring to me and that uh, all of this, especially in the midst of this world being so emotionally taxing right now, um, I think we all kind of need a little dose of motivation and, and inspiration and courage to keep going and that Girl Scouts is really important and we need to see it through all of this, all of this hard stuff. So I really appreciate it and um, yeah, that's all I got. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. 